Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it is Justin Timberlake. We're bringing sexy back with you. We are indeed bringing uh-huh, sexy Timmy. back. Let's that, go. That fits your vibe, my friend. You gonna <laughs> shake it for us? That's why I'm standing. First of all, this is why it's not a video podcast. It's, oh my God, Tim dropped his pants and he's showing us his butt. Amazing. <laughs> it really is amazing. <laughs> so and, jacked. And Come on took, now, bring it sexy took back. Way too long to get to that. <laughs> Like how did, how did how did we get this far into the podcast? Fifty years of music with fifty-year-old white guys. Fellows, how are you? It is two thousand and six. Ben Barton, do you believe we're this far along in the I know, podcast? It's like time. Passes quickly. Tempest fusion. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Jeff Simons, how are you doing out in Berkeley? Living the dream. Living the dream. Uh, I'm in pre-vaccine purgatory. So we'll see. Uh, they're talking uh, big noise about when we teachers are going to get it. We'll see if it happens. But uh, okay. they just moved my date up significantly in an email right before we started recording so oh, interesting you're actually getting emails all i know is that we are in category 1b yep but we're not sure in north carolina when 1b will start but- there's a whole discussion about whether law professors count as teachers and i was like <laughs> no my friends we are not in not. 1b we're in category one go fuck yourself that's where we are for sure <laughs> well it is uh 2006 <laughs> You might notice that I am standing for the podcast tonight. This is not part of my uh, get in shape, you know, the whole, uh, the whole idea that sitting is the new smoking. Uh, my chair has been stolen by my son who needs it for his gaming. Nice. So I, I don't have a chair in my office because the child who was born in 2006 has taken that chair, which... It's totally on brand because this was the baby um, with whom I stayed home for a year. Did either of you stay home with any of your children? You're awesome. This is the second time you dunked on us. <laughs> really is. <laughs> I stayed home. Yeah, I stayed home. Have George I asked? was born in June. I didn't start again until September. So yeah, I stayed home. The following no, September. That's right. You stayed home for a whole year and you're amazing. You're a much better husband and father. We got it. That's clear. I actually have a copy of Mr. Mom on VHS that I keep meaning to send you, <laughs> which you'll notice very similar. I think you should start every podcast with, did you guys stay home? I, I'm forgetting. I totally 220, agree. 221, whatever it takes. Oh my God. So funny. Uh, yeah, it, it was an extraordinary year. Um, Apparently you did a really crap job because he's Mr. Video he's, Game. He stole your chair. But he's I mean, stealing like, my chair. I love. You know, they say guy. the first year is when all the morality locks into place. Like the judgment. <laughs> the 
becomes part of the personality. Well, when we die and our children take over the pod. Also, this uh, is not, I don't like this he, feature either. But when we he, die, that's why we're doing this. He this will is, take over in the chair that I once occupied. It's great. I do believe you'll still have that chair in 35, 40 years or whatever it is. The good news is by the time we're done. Considering your ceiling, I believe that chair is going to be sticking around for a long time down there. (laughs) We'll have more than 50 hours of this content. And then so for our funeral, it'll be like it starts Tuesday at noon. And there's 50 (laughs) straight hours you have to listen to these guys talk on a podcast. I love this idea. They'll all kill themselves. and It'll be great. Oh, my God. All right. Welcome to 50 Years of Music with us, 50-year-old white guys. We're part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. So go to musiccitydrivein.com for all your podcasting and pop culture and fantasy football needs. All right, 2006. What do you have in store for us? Jeff Simons, let's start with the Grammy winner. Happy to oblige. It's the Grammy winner. Not ready to make nice by the Dixie Chicks. That's what this is. Sounds good. <laughs> I thought it was the, like acoustic yeah. rocker to the free world. This is that dumb Dixie sure Chick song? Yeah. Am I right? This is the same three chords, right? The beginning yeah. is the... Totally. It's Indigo Springsteen, this song. I'm still Like, basically, they get in trouble for being me and the George W. Bush yes. like a couple of years before. What, like 2002 they get, they get, or three? Well, during yeah. the war, 2003, yeah. And they got iced uh, out of all the radio stations that played But then country. they come back with this song. Yes. And then they win the Grammy. Well, it also that, turns out that, that perhaps their, their, their objections to the war. Oh, were, dude, like, I'm not here on. to argue whether they should object yeah. to the war or not. I'm here to argue whether they deserve to get a Grammy because they objected <laughs> to the war three years ago. That's like, this is not a good song. <laughs> you know, That's... but it's a lot better than Friends in Low Places. I mean, I don't like this song either, but this... It's not a like... country song either. It's not a country no. song. No. no, it sounds like if no. Stained tried to make a country song. Like, I have all kinds of objections to the sound and the sonic choices and the slip. By the way, it's a Ruben production. Yeah, is, is it really? It really? dollars to donuts. It's Ruben. That's he did the shame. record. I'm almost positive. That's a shame. It's oh, his, that's it's, fascinating. It's his worst instincts. But I don't. I mean, but this is. I mean, it's objectively good. It's just all the. It's like a Denny's omelet. Like good ingredients that are put together all wrong. You know what I mean? Like it's like nothing taken individually about this is bad, but they don't coalesce into something I would want to hear again. Not a fan of the song. Not really. Wait, didn't they just have a um? They yeah, have a new album in 2020. Bad. Yeah, totally. And that's and an Antonoff record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But All I mean, right. they've transitioned into a political band for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like they they didn't have a choice, right? Like they were either going right. to become irrelevant or they're going to lean into the new identity. 
So. Right. Yeah, it's worked out great for them. Yeah. And they could, come on, they can sing, they can play. They have tremendous guy, people backing them up. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing here to, to dunk on except that I don't like the way it sounds. And that's just, it's an aesthetic thing. It's not like well, a But listen, thing. I mean, y'all can disagree with me. This is a political statement by the Grammy people. And that yeah. annoys sure. me. Like, yeah. There's yeah. no reason to give this the song of the year. Right. No, there's it's, so many better choices. Right. Although we don't know who's nominated. But if we did... <laughs> I mean, we did research, say. <laughs> we would have found something. I mean, they don't nominate the right songs over and over and over and over again as part yeah. of their problem. And so, well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you what. My pick could have been Song of the Year. I actually wonder if it was Record of the Year. I will check. Uh, all right. In 2006, hey, the Wii gaming console came out. Anyone uh, play Wii? Yeah. Yeah. What's like your favorite that. Wii game? Uh, either when you're way up high on a platform hitting each other with swords. Sure. And you go spinning down Joust, into the water. Yeah, yeah. I love that one. Or um, tennis. Yeah, tennis okay. is going to be my answer. Love the tennis. I was more of a ping pong guy. We huh. actually had a Wii and put it in the basement um, when Will was old enough to know what a Wii was because we were terrified of the video game thing. Uh-huh. And it's a sign of what, uh, how much we've lowered the bar. Um, <laughs> we pulled it back out last winter when the COVID thing hit. Uh-huh. And uh, um, our kids are hilarious playing against Great. each other. Yeah. It's the great equalizer, like 17 versus eight. And it's, uh, it's the eight year old can hang. Yeah. 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 It's great. Um, I had a colleague once say when Martha was born, uh, welcome to the world of just giving up on anything you said you would never do. And it's just, that's what parenthood is. Just a series of saying, <laughs> well, I guess I will do that after all. Yeah, is it airplane where the guy's like, uh, I guess I picked the wrong week to stop smoking. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like Snipping that's glue. parenting, right? I guess yeah. I picked the last week to stop shooting heroin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, some, some awful terror attacks. The Mumbai train bombings mm. leave uh, 209 dead um our president president bush acknowledges that we have secret cia prisons all over the world that are kind of off the book and don't really follow any uh norms 65 miners are trapped underground after an explosion in nueva rosita mexico none survive and then the sago mine disaster kills 12 coal miners in Buck Hannon, West Virginia. I don't. I, I I've always said drowning. I think would be the worst way to go. But I think, I think being trapped underground is pretty bad. You know, this is an entertainment <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> Sometimes thoughts come to me, Tim's and I don't know when not to. Well, share Tim, it depends what you mean. Uh, sometimes the miners will hit a weird that's vein right. and they die of gas poisoning. And that's actually pretty relaxing because See, thank sometimes you. you can't even smell it and you just die. But you're right. Being buried alive and running out of oxygen <laughs> while you scrabble through the rocks would be unpleasant. 
<laughs> so there you see your jobs. Your job is talent, as you have claimed. Oh, I just throw God. things Dude, out there and India see what happens. India just ate me alive for that. She oh, just no. had nothing to do with that. Oh, oh no. Oh, really? She oh, didn't yeah, like she that? Had, she was like, Dude. We're going to rechange the name of this, like, 50 Years of Atrocities with the occasional <laughs> pop song. That's, that's what the news updates all right, have all been. Right. Well, was, was there not a... Okay, never mind. Sorry. Jeff Simons, you... You shared with us last week your um, your story of the the hold steady throwdown you nearly. Oh had. yeah, that's right. So in 2006, we have someone also kind of snap in reaction to another person's actions. Italy defeats France in the World Cup. Ah yes. Do, do either of you, either of you remember what happens in the 110th minute? There I do. Time? What do you and, got? And this, as Jeff remembers arcane sports stuff, Zinedine Zidane headbutts some guy in the chest to the point where the guy's chest like wraps around his skull for a second. <laughs> he puts him to the earth. He gets a red card and costs France the World Cup and, no, and refuses to speak about it to this day, correct? Like won't um, say what the guy said, won't like – won't address it but like it was this shocking moment of lost composure that cost that cost them the final right so so here's what happens according to the italian uh marco uh marcarone already he um he was pulling zidane's shirt and then the frenchman turns around and says if you want my shirt i'll give it to you after the game now, is there anything, if you're him, is what would have to be said in response for you to lose your cool like this? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Something, something beyond like zoot allure, like whatever, that's kind of like whatever you So he, he says, if you want my shirt, I'll give it to you after the game. And the Italian says, I would prefer your whore of a sister. That's what did it? Yeah. That's pretty soft. I agree. Come on, Zidane. I would prefer. No, I not would, the shirt. I mean, anything that starts with I, I like would the, prefer. Uh, I prefer I'm the probably... Kevin Garnett, Carmelo Anthony one. <laughs> what <Yes>. was that? <laughs> Kevin Garnett had actually slept with Carmelo Anthony's, uh, I no. believe now wife, but then fiance. <sighs> and he's, uh, he says to Carmelo, All right, we're cutting that. <laughs> no, cutting you that. brought it up. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh, dear Lord. You know, I had just started watching soccer at that point, and they turned around and did it. I was like, well, that looks like a foul. <laughs> red card. I was like, oh, I guess that's... Oh, crazy. that is a foul, yeah. What I remember is me, like, the world was like, <gasps> and I was like, oh, he's probably going to get a penalty for that. Like, I yeah. was used to watching NBA basketball. Yeah, right. right? You that, get to a fist fight, other, and then you, yeah. take, you take a free throw. Like, I didn't realize he was going to be, gonna be All right. uh, knocked out for that. Let's play a, a little game, Name the Nuclear Power. We will alternate guesses. North Korea in 2006 becomes the world's ninth nuclear power who are the other eight? Ben Barton, start with you. USA. Jeff. Pakistan. Ben. USSR. Jeff. Uh, England. <laughs> Good. Ben. England counts. Yep. China. Yes. Jeff. 
Uh, this is where I'm going to start to f- to be bad. Uh, Oof. Israel. Good. Ben. India. Great. Oh, yeah, of course. And the final country with nuclear weapons. Jeff Simons. Got to be Germany, right? Oh, no, it's France. France. It's France. Oh, Benny B, I finally yeah. win one. Ben Barton winning the geopolitical sweepstakes. Nice job. It's a reason why you don't piss off Zidane. <laughs> he literally went nuclear. I should have seen that the way those two oh, questions boy. went together. Oh, boy. Let's just I'm go to the, the talent. Let's go to the number one hit on that note. It's the number one hit. Irreplaceable by Beyonce. To the left, to the left. To the left, to the left. Mm-hmm. To the left, to the left. Everything you own in the box to the left. In the closet, that's my stuff. Yes, if I bought it, please don't drop, don't drop. And keep talking and that's, that's fine. Could you walk and talk at the same time then? It's my name that's on that bag. To remove your bag, let me call you a cab. Standing in the front yard, telling me how I'm such a fool. Talking about how I'll never ever find a man like you. You got me to stand. You must not know about me. You must not know about me. I can have another you in a minute. Matter of fact, he'll be here in a minute, baby. You must not know about me. This is her first solo album. I have no idea. I can't believe that's 2006. Damn, she's been really popular for a long time. Isn't that great? Well, that's amazing. What yeah. year is the the Austin Powers Foxy Brown thing? Is uh, that right here? That should be, yeah. Should be, yeah. Gold member. Because yeah. the first Austin Powers, I was in Vegas. That was. So and she's not. She's not dating Jay Z at this point. No, I don't think so. Hmm. That's amazing. It's not sexy back. That's not the biggest hit of this year. No? Irreplace- Irreplaceable? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yep. Oh, good stuff. Um, I, wish it, I wish the drum track weren't so um, yeah. metallic. It's so, it, it makes my teeth hurt, the mix on that. That song's so shiny, but uh, that's a good song. <laughs> shiny. You know what uh, I mean? Like it, it, no, it, I, I do. It feels like... Um, you're, it feels like like you're eating rock candy. Like it seemed like a good idea, and then like on the third crunch, you're like, "Oh, I'll do anything to reverse this decision." You know, it's just too sweet. Well, it's just so unvaried, and and meanwhile, her her vocals are doing all sorts of neat, interesting stuff. Yeah, but she's... not the not the drum sound. All right, um, let's go right into the. Well, I've got two invitation to cynicism questions, really. Jeff Simons, one is specifically for you. Uh-oh. Barry Bonds passes Babe Ruth with his <laughs> 715th home run. How would you feel about it then? How do you feel about it now? Uh, well, I was in the stands when he broke Hank Aaron's. I saw 756 in person. Wow. That was pretty neat to be in the stands for. Um, I was pretty excited when he did it. And uh, unquestionably, uh, he had a little help. And uh, 
Uh, I, I don't know. I, it really, I wish I had a stronger opinion so that I would be more interesting in conversations about it. But I got to be honest, the whole baseball and steroid thing, like I'm embarrassed for the guys who were just jackasses and lied and act, right. like, acted all indignant. And like, they just look so stupid and foolish. But the whole issue, I'm like, I wish people wouldn't poison their bodies to continue to have a, I, I'm sad they have to do that to, to have a professional career. Right. But the whole, like the sanctity of the game and the records and that I'm, I, I'm kind of lukewarm on that. Well, I think back, I, I remember having a converse, conversation with you at one point where you were waiting for someone to develop the league where anything goes. You can shoot yeah. yourself up <laughs> as you walk to the plate with horse, you know, hormones. Just You just wanted the league where it's like, yeah, go for it. Whatever. Yeah, it's called mixed martial arts. Like those cage matches is that idea come to life. Like two men enter, one men leave is like the, you know, the Mad Max Thunderdome is the, is the version of that. Yeah. And we shouldn't forget just the humor of it. It was freaking hilarious. By now the cat was out of the bag and right. Barry Bonds like his head was the smallest oh part God. of his body. Like he just, he had like a little tiny squirrel head attached to a He-Man figure. Like it was amazing. It was amazing. What he looked like. It's true. At the same time, like he he hit a home run anytime they threw him a strike that season. Like, oh man, that that I mean, and honestly, it was the thing amazing. That was sad about it is, dude, he was an amazing baseball player when he was skinny. He's a yeah. really good baseball player. Like, I think that like what was the name? Of it? it was Brady Anderson, the guy. On oh, the, the Oriole who hit fifty home runs out of nowhere. That he oh. was not a great baseball player. <laughs> yeah. And then he came in one day. He was like, I had a really good offseason. And then went yeah. completely. And as soon as that happened, Barry Bonds was like, uh, That's it for this. Yeah, like, I'm <laughs> the really jig is up big time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Here's my real invitation to cynicism question. In 2006, David Copperfield and two assistants are held at gunpoint by four armed teenagers. He has his wallet, his passport, and his phone on them. And he makes them all disappear as he empties his pockets, which is what a great time to be a magician, right? Like, yeah, sorry, I don't have anything. But I want to know from the two of you, do you have a favorite magician that you've come across <laughs> in your lifetime? That's just the greatest question ever. <laughs> You're such a monster. I I have the, declined first to of all, that. no. First of all, it's always going to be Doug Henning, who is the magic. Yes. Illusion. I mean, he's got bangs. Yeah. With the big hair. Like, he's yeah. like, if Bob Ross became a music magician it would be doug henning but actually i watched a whole bunch of david blaine videos with b this summer like desperately trying to mix it up in the COVID, really? like we're at home let's have some fun and she just thought he was she thought the david blaine tricks were the most oh, spectacular is hilarious. i had to teach her a card trick and she's been trying to like <laughs> teach herself magic tricks and so she has these hilarious like watch this like <laughs> on you know like so uh, so I'm right now, you know, like the David Blaine phenomenon, I kind of get like You're watching okay him backstage at the all-star game, like make all those famous people, like watching him make Steph Curry and Dave Chappelle act like five-year-olds. It, there, there's, there's a charm to that. Ben Barton, uh, it, it's yeah, a podcast. Carrot but top count as a magician. Cause that's my selection is carrot. Top. <laughs> 
That's where I'm at with this question. If you keep asking, it gets worse. <laughs> Carrot top. Um, oh I love God. what I love. Uh, How is he a thing? He's. he's I don't know. He's yeah. Prop prop humor. Uh, but I love Job on Arrested Development. That that they just made fun of magicians so mercilessly. But what about uh, Penn and Teller? They seem sophisticated. Dude, I, I warned you not to keep asking. He's going to okay, get worse. Okay, okay, let's go. Let's go. It's just going to get worse. We, we lost the You're scientists really 100% two weeks anti-magic. ago. You're really 100% anti-magic. Yes, hate, it all sucks. You hate magic. It's stupid, that Copperfield story, that was, a, that, was a, that was rigged. It's all rigged. He didn't get robbed. He didn't yeah, I don't believe call that his all. wallet. It's all a scam. It said four armed teenagers because you know oh, those teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same four guys. Yeah. Don't even. I was getting, Jordan's dad. Is that what yeah, you're yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or the subway guys that Trump went after in the 80s. You know. Oh, Jordan's dad. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. By the way, just a oh. quick time out. I, I watched, started watching The Last Dance like three days ago and I'm, I stayed up way too late. I can't stop watching it. Have you guys seen that? I, I never did. Should I? So. Would Helen like it? No. All right, I'll watch it though. Is it on HBO? Oh, no, it's on Netflix. But I thought okay. was, I'm I'm pretty riveted by it, and I hated that Bulls team. But the the backstage the backstage footage is just I mean so you really great. feel like you're inside the whole thing. Okay. I watched half of it, and I really first I, I I hated the Bulls. Yeah. Second, I've already come to a firm conclusion that Jordan's the best guy I ever saw. Third, um his version of winning and his Oof. abusive personality Oof. is a Oof. big part of the reason why we're where we are like and the, the kobe thing is his fault too and kobe's just a more cartoonish less successful version yep. of it but dude to be the best you don't have to tear everybody else down including your teammates that's not right. leadership and it's this toxic leadership that has really bled out and it's not all jordan's fault but i mean it's not a good look at all like i would much prefer a tim uh, duncan one or, yeah. or well, that's yeah. why i think it's fascinating to watch in this particular moment like it's yeah. it's really not a document i mean it is a documentary exactly about what it claims to be about and it has tendrils that reach out into so many other things oh, that was pretty good okay you get you right. burned down on it though huh yeah okay fair enough oh. it was right when the magician in it ben's like i'm out <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gone it's and like, there's a magician and he ran out of the house <laughs> Our three songs. All right, our three songs. Who goes first? I don't remember. I think I go first. Let's do it. All right, so um, Jeff has previously picked the most obscure song, and I'm going to top it with a currently unreleased song. Oh, my God. Amazing. So my guy and our guy, Prince, last time we checked in, was on the come up. And how, how many we, Prince songs have you chosen at this point? This will be two. Oh, okay, okay. We came up on Purple Rain, and we didn't cover the peak, the parabola, or the downslope. And basically, he's a gargantuan, massive, big enough star in the 80s where there's a kind of legit um, Michael Jackson versus Prince argument. The 90s are less kinds. He gets in that weird pissing match with Warner Brothers. He declines to use his own name. He's referring to himself as the artist formerly known as Prince and replacing his name with a symbol. He 
works his way through the Warner Brothers recording contract, and then he goes through this series of weird records where he puts out three CD albums, five CD albums. Like, he's just releasing all his back catalog. Um, Jeff is an actual better music fan than I am, and he can actually tell you, like, Crystal Ball, he's got an opinion on. Like, he listened to all three 60-minute CDs, and it's like, well, the 15 good songs <laughs> of the 60 songs of his stupid record are... But dude, it just wore me out. It was super, super, super hard. Um, and the thing, that, and like at the same time, like there's that great performance where he gets into the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And 2007, he's the Super Bowl halftime show, and you can't believe how freaking good that performance is. Yeah. Yep. By the way, don't you get electrocuted playing electric guitar in the rain? Yeah. I mean, okay. it, he's and he's uh, <laughs> you know he's on Saturday Live a couple of different times. He's just like he's. It, I think it's either 2006 or 2005. He's the number one touring act in the world. Like he makes more money touring than anybody else. Like he remains this gargantuan star, yep. but he still, he can't get out of his own way. He's like releasing the wrong stuff, recording the right stuff. He's like all mixed up in his own mind about what he wants to do. 2006 at Paisley park, he records a five song EP. Although it's actually not 100% clear because he's now passed on. And this is all according to the engineer. The engineer of Paisley Park decides that in 2006, he records the five best Prince songs of that decade. And Prince declines to release it. And so uh, the guy keeps it. And in 2017, when Prince dies, he tries to release it. He gets sued. It actually physically leaks. So I have it. Jeff has it. And if you kind of hustle around, you can find it. This is the one you were talking about. Yeah, totally. Back in the day. I think I found it. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So it's called Deliverance. The song Deliverance is my favorite. It's uh, anti-war, anti-how the Katrina worked out song. It's explicitly religious. It's like a, like basically a gospel song. And one of the things that's so amazing about Prince, and one of the reasons why I love this song is, and this is why I like Kanye too, is like, he is a full reflection or he, he's like an amalgamation of the entire African-American musical experience. Like he puts it all together. Uh, like he's got amazing rock songs. He's got great funk songs. He's got a whole bunch of awesome disco songs. And this album has got some just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gospel songs. And he's got this weird, like he's on the one hand, both the most sexually adventurous artist of our lifetimes or on the short list of that. But also he's got this weird like religious side to him. Like that song Seven, I love, and that's a religious song. He's got a whole spirituality that comes out in this one. Uh, if Jeff, in a second, I'm going to ask you to start at minute 134. So we get the second, second verse. Right, um, and he's describing how like, the, like the, the battle against war and what hope do we have. And the, the last lyrics of this verse are... Uh, all that people can do is cause each other injury. Can somebody say Katrina Levy's? And then he goes into this blazing guitar solo. And then, the, then he does the chorus and he's out. And I'm going to choke up when you play it. Like it just murders me every single time. Jeff, deliverance. And sorry, you want 113? 134. 134. Deliverance by Prince. And... <laughs> Turn a deaf ear to the peaceable ones who bring good news. A time when there will be no wars, and the way in which 
to achieve it Now who got the blues? You can hear the pain of a few But until God intervenes Ain't nothing, nothing man can do Except cause each other Injury Somebody say Katrina Levy's This is a 47-year-old on prince, fire. and the chorus is, time so hard to deal with, now understand your deliverance is at hand. And there's just something about it that just powerfully moves me. And he's still got it. I mean, first of all, he just blazes. Blazing. Woo! When he's doing the guitar solo, I'm like, oh, you're burning my eyebrows. Slow down. And the singing, the guitar parts, the background singers, the organ. And then just like, this is the weird thing. It's like, there's a, there's a bunch of artists like this where they have all the stuff in the vault. And really, honestly, most of the stuff in the vault isn't very good. Right, but when right. you get this sort of thing, you're like, good oh. Lord. It's like, yeah. what is sitting in the Paisley Park yep. vault? How is it possible that this isn't the first thing they released? Like, this is yeah. amazing. It sounds like he has a whole choir behind him. Yeah. No, dude. Well, also, I mean, keep in mind, at this point, he's a gargantuan, massive star with uh -huh. unlimited amounts of money. Sure. Right. And so he's just sitting in Minneapolis. He can bring in whoever he wants to play with him. And he can record however he wants. He's just recording all the time. Um, and obviously some of it's not good. Some of it is good. The last thing I'll note is um, just how sad it is that Ugh. he got, that he died of uh, fentanyl overdose. Yeah. And that a guy this talented who had this much to give us all died that way. Like it's just super harsh that he would go out that way. And like to have a death of despair attached to Prince is just, just like really hurts my stomach and my heart. How, what was, what was the cause of Tom Petty's death? Same thing. Some kind of opiate overdose. Yeah. Fentanyl. Same, Same fentanyl again for the hip replacement surgery uh, pain. So these, are these, these are just pills that they're taking? Uh, I have no idea. I remember both ben, of these guys. Both of these guys had doctors that traveled with them, and this is how addicted they were to opioids: is that they OD'd basically under a doctor's care. Genius. Michael Jackson died under a doctor's care too. Like right, it's just right. these. Like you can't fuck around with this stuff at all. Like it's super dangerous. Wow. Oh, great, great song. Yeah, I, I looked that up uh, back when we were doing the the '85 or the '84 podcast. I was like, oh, all this stuff. Like he just records. And it's like, nah, I'll put that away for a little while. 
you're like, oh my God, this stuff is Yeah, gold. the song I Am from the EP oh, is yeah. also just yeah. shreds. I thought that was going to be your pick. That's, a, that's equally fabulous. Yeah, this one's I mean, good because it ties to um, Katrina. And it also yeah, it fits yeah. the mood of that year. And to me, it fits the mood of this year. I've yeah, listened to geez. this song more this year than a lot of other songs. Mm, interesting. Well, I've been trying to figure out what to listen to in the last five days. That'll match uh, my mood. Maybe it's that one that I got to yeah. start playing on a loop. All right, Jeff, do it, man. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else to add on that. That's great. And All I mean, right. you know, Prince did a terrible job deciding what to release once he didn't have a, a record company to answer to. Um, but the thing that's right. different about him than the other, the thing that's different about him with Michael Jackson is Prince is making music for himself first, and then he was trying to figure out how to communicate that to other people. Whereas Michael Jackson after thriller never recorded a note without thinking of the audience and i yeah, think you sure. really hear it yeah. in the difference in the art that they made right. after they blew up like prince stayed weird and he had a vision and it sounds like him and that is him playing guitar and you know michael uh M michael sounded like whatever was popular in the moment that sure. he was in a recording studio and it, to his great detriment in the last few records that he made I thought. yeah all right so i'm doing two things this month i'm also going a little okay. here Oh. This is a song you'll know really well, but you might not know this version. Um, so I'm trying to answer two, two, I'm trying to pay homage to one thing and answer a question from a previous podcast. Okay. <laughs> I got a little, uh, got a little, some questions on the Facebooky about like, what's wrong with the killers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And playing, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you under the bus. Find me online <laughs> and throw me under the bus. Thanks so much. Um, By the way, so I got some heat on Rufus Wainwright. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, some of the good. Wainwright stands came from me. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So, the, what I, I am, my ears really appreciate when a song has a really wide mix, especially rock and roll. Like I like to hear a big range. Like I want low lows and high highs, and I want the drums to sound separate from the bass and the guitar. I want to feel like there's a panoramic mix where I can see the space between the players while they record. Okay. So, of 2000 rock squished that into one compressed mid-range space when i hear the killers i feel like i'm hearing four guys huddled together in the middle of the stage like coming straight at me and i don't get that wide and i you know that wide range is old-fashioned and it's it you know it's an old school version of recording and it dates me but it's okay. just my preference. And it, it gets in the way of my enjoyment of modern rock music is that they take the dynamic range and go and squish it up. Okay. This song doesn't do that, which is part of the reason I love it so much. The second thing I'm trying to do here is give love to the original versions of songs that became famous done by other people. One of the really fun things to do if you're a big music head is when you fall in love with a song, when you discover it's a cover, to uh -huh. take the time to go back and find the original. Sure. And then not to denigrate the cover, but to celebrate like, oh, there was this original version. Sometimes the cover is better. Sometimes the original is better. Here's an example of where the two versions are just different and both terrific. Um, oh, I'm so curious. Yeah. So ben, this, do you have any idea? The cover version of the song was an enormous hit, deservedly so. It's great. It was wonderfully produced. It was brilliantly sung. That took the tempo and jacked it up about 12 BPMs and turned it into kind of a soul review. The original version is a is much more of a thumpy uh, rock and roll, right in the middle tempo. 
It's by a Liverpool band that came and went pretty quickly. They had three records. They never did. They never made a dent in the United States except with music nerds. And they had in 2006 kind of a six-month moment in England. They played Glastonbury. They had a top 10. They were on top of the pops. By 2009, they'd broken up. They played one show together as friends since then. So they're a, they're a footnote for sure. They're called okay. the Zootons. The what? And the Zootons with a Z. Huh. And this is the this song, um, which who uh, which Mark Ronson grabbed from semi obscurity and turned into an international hit when he gave it to Amy Winehouse to record. Oh, um, this this is the original version of her. I think her her second biggest or biggest hit. This is the original version of Valerie, and I. It's my favorite song from 2006, and it's also a great reminder to us to like, when you hear a song you love, if it was written by somebody else, sniff around, see what other versions there are, because sometimes even like, this is a version where I don't think this is better than the cover, but it's, it's different. And I just, uh, the groove of this song just absolutely does it for me. These guys are so in the pocket in this recording. Valerie by the Zootons. Just killer that turning that that horn riff into that when it becomes a guitar riff in the chorus it's just so it's so hard to play that that together at that tempo and it's so hard to not turn that tempo into something that feels plodding and I just think they they thread the needle here on this track really well, really well. What's their other stuff like? I'm ne- how could it how could I have never heard of that band before? Um, there's no song that's even close to that catchy in the kind of, I have a couple of other songs I really like, but that is the, like, this that's is the a one, class, this is a one hit wonder band, right? Like, I mean, they have, they have three pretty good records. They have 10 pretty good songs and they have this just one monster. And that was the genius of Mark Ronson is he's, uh, he's got great ears for great material and, okay. and, uh, and for picking songs and not just covering them, but like rethinking them and re-engineering them to be something different and equally good. So it's so funny you say a one-hit wonder band. I guess in my mind, one-hit wonder bands, uh, I've conceived of them as not being terribly talented. But sometimes, giving, yeah. But, but, but you're saying that sometimes. Just- they can be talented. Sure, and, some you know sometimes a band writes one fantastic song and ten okay ones, and 
What are Which, you by do? the way, it's not easy to write one fantastic That's song. That's right, man. <laughs> Everyone's right. seen a band where you're like, I wish they had one fantastic song. <laughs> yeah, man. That, that is for sure. Right. I was right. in bands that fit that category multiple times. Man, what's, is there nothing worse than when you're suffering through an opening act and you and they finish and it's like, surely that's the last one. I'm like, all right, we got three or four more. You're like, no, you don't. No, you didn't you really even don't. have three or four to begin with. <laughs> that, does, that hurts my feelings when that, that happens. That does. That's oh. a great selection by Jeff. That's a classic song that sounds just like the jam. Um, yeah, it does. That's so yeah. good. You're right. That's, That's Paul Weller. Yeah. Well, right, now Timmy. I just feel stupid. No, dude, <laughs> you've got a brand. You've got a brand. You've got to stick I with do. it. I do have a brand. It's so true. Working class. British. That's your brand. That's so funny. At least I'm so brandy though. Like it's always a quarter pounder, you know, like I wish I had like, <laughs> at least could bring the McRib to the table. But I'm like, nope. <laughs> quarter pounder. All right. What do you uh, got? Tim? All right. Yeah. Real quick. Um, so I, I had Jenny Lewis on my original list, rise up with fists. And I love Jenny Lewis because how is that not your selection? What you did you have it ready? Oh, I, yeah, I've got it. I've got the cursor on Rise Up With Fists. Rise Up With Fists. Look, song. There's little Patrick, uh, our, our year together in that tiny, tiny apartment. Uh, all we did was, uh, well, feed that child and listen to Jenny Lewis. Yet, when I went to a, uh, a screenwriting workshop, it's so funny, um, Jeff, you made fun of me a couple weeks ago about I, I hear a guy in a bar. It's my favorite song of the year. So <laughs> it just so happened I'm in Santa Monica and I'm puzzling through this screenplay of, of like how to place a character into Huck Finn where she's going to try and solve the plot of Huck Finn and, and shake Huck out of his complacency. And I had this awesome, awesome breakthrough and I was so excited and it's midnight in Santa Monica and I go out to a bar and I sit down, the band stops playing and I'm at the bar and the DJ takes over and it is Justin Timberlake. We're bringing sexy back with you. We are indeed bringing uh -huh, sexy Timmy. back. Let's you, go. That, that fits your vibe, my friend. You gonna <laughs> shake it for us? That's why I'm standing. First of all, this is why it's not a video podcast. It's, oh my God, Tim dropped his pants and he's showing us his butt. Amazing. <laughs> it really is amazing. <laughs> so and, jacked. And Come on took, now, bring Sexy Back. It took way too long to get to that. Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. Like, how, do, how, did, how did we get this far into the podcast? <laughs> Smile. Go ahead, be gone with it. 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 Go ahead, be gone with it.
Is that is that his second solo album? I have no idea. I think it is. I mean, the is little that- guy from the Disney show boy band. From Memphis, Tennessee. From Memphis, Tennessee. Very nice. He's about to turn 40 years old at the end of this month, Justin Timberlake. And he's got, uh, do you see the new movie? No, what's he doing? An ex-con who takes a, a transgender boy under his wing. Who says no, right? What a fascinating career Justin Timberlake has had. And yeah, I really been, enjoyed him on SNL as the like really aggressive guy holding the sign out front of the restaurant as <laughs> dressed up down. like a hot dog. I ride hard for a dick in a box too. That's <laughs> yeah, my favorite amazing. Timberlake song. So great. <laughs> Especially um, the video. Maya Rudolph is so funny in that video. Her reactions <laughs> to the box, which is just like, thank you. So funny every time. <laughs> so I totally missed out on uh, Justin Timberlake in 2006. Caught up to him in 2014. I wasn't going to miss him in 2020. That's oh, really? You didn't have this record. I had this record in 2006. Oh, you and I did? Really liked it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. This was a huge leap forward. So he's got Justified in 2002. Right. And that's the Michael Jackson ripoff, even though it's hit. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But this one was the, like, this is the Timberlake is the producer, and this is his masterpiece, in my opinion. This is the one where he really, really, really spins gold. Um, and not to be mean to Timberlake, but it's a Timberland record for sure. So, so I don't just, think you, Timberlake would even argue with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's really. Well, I mean, dude, the, you can't have a career as long as he had. Similar to Madonna, like you can't have a career as long as he's had without being super extra mega talented and having a great ear. Like it's too yeah. much to say that he was just rode on one guy. So speaking yep. for all the 50-year-old white guys in the audience, Timberlake and Timbaland came to their names separately? Totally. Timbaland is named after the shoe and Timberlake is named after his dad. that's good that's good that's what i need Uh, i know where timberlake is right now where's timberland right now i I think it's really hard to stay a top 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 producer producer i assume he's sleeping on a giant pile of money somewhere though yeah he must have he's done really well oh uh, by the way brian koppelman had um what's his face on um Rick Rubin, have you guys listened to it yet? Not at all, because I, even though Brian was nice enough to come on to our podcast, I have not returned the favor and listened to his, because I'm okay. a jerk. But I will check it out. What, because Compliment's a jerk? No, I'm a jerk for not listening oh, to his podcast. Like, wow, because he, he dumped us? No, no. Because <laughs> of the Maybe if he comes Hagar on again, thing. I'll check out his podcast. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. It's a great, great podcast. I can't wait to... When he started his podcast... He listed uh, 20 people that he wanted to have on at some point. And Rick Rubin right away was, uh, was on there. So he, he was very excited to have Rubin on. Um, all right, gentlemen. Let's uh, he's close. The, uh, Timbaland's also the, all the best Missy Elliott songs are Timbaland. Too. Oh, God. So, yeah. Okay. He's really I'm actually kind of, yeah, I feel, I loved that record. That is that the Super Duper Fly record? Yeah. Sam, right? Yeah. I love that record. That Good was really stuff. fun. I am indeed bringing sexy back all right next week's when tim next week's when ben's gonna uh it's gonna get ugly here on the podcast 2007 this is uh oh really this, what's your prediction it comes after you? oh i'm a hurry you're gonna figure it out i'm oh really no is it that feeling. don't wilco song i hate i can't oh, wait i'm man. loaded to bear for that for sure <laughs>
Can't wait. Good thing we have a little I already, bit of break. 2004, my original draft had Spider's Kid Smoke, but I, I had to eliminate it because we've had too much Wilco. So It's going to be great. Too I'm pretty amped. 2007, 8, and 9, I'm just locked and loaded. I didn't have any trouble picking those. Awesome. Awesome. All right, fellas. Great talking to you tonight. Uh, won't see each other for a while, right? Yeah, either because uh, uh, we're recording okay, a little yeah, earlier okay. than usual or because the, we all had to go into <laughs> hiding. <laughs> we'll see which one it is. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Come woo-hoo. on, America. All right. I'll you friends, take care. Later. Yeah, later on, brothers. Well done. Yeah. Right. Bye-bye. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Electric acid.